Welcome in. You should get a post. All right. Let's go. To just got it. Just got Perfect. it. Guys, come on in. Press that share and like button for us. That'd be great. All right, here we yeah, go. It looks solid right now, guys. Welcome, welcome back to our to my house in Columbus. Here we go. Let's do it. Week two. I'm week two. I'm gonna let people come in here for a second before we get rolling. Yeah, it sounds good for sure. Guys, if you have any questions regarding college basketball, the FBI investigation, um, the Big Ten tournament, which is going on now, or even future tournaments next week as the Big Ten plays a week early. Uh, Right in here underneath us, the comment page. Ask us any question about that. We're going to dive into the NHL winners and losers during the trade deadline. The NBA Eastern Conference, as we will talk about the Western Conference next week. And then we have a little bit to talk about, about the spring training and baseball moving forward. We are less than a week away, or not week, a month away, excuse me, from opening day. Can't wait. Big, big, big news stuff going on here. Absolutely. Perfect. We are all in here now. All right. Let me introduce everyone who wasn't with us last week or doesn't know the name yet. I am joined here by Sam Block from, again, The Ohio State University. He is a sophomore, but folks, his resume is like he's graduate already. He's a host of Buzzer, Beater, Buzzer Beaters podcast. Excuse me. He's a broadcaster for Scarlet and Gray Radio. He's a writer at Hoops. Critic.com. You got a great article earlier this week. Thank you. Thank you. Want to tell people what it was about? Yeah, sure. So I wrote about the 2012 NBA draft, if it were to be done today, a redraft, the top five to ten picks. Really interesting article. If you guys are interested, check out my Twitter at the Block Spot or my Facebook. I'm on this uh, tagged in this post. I post all about it. Or on Instagram, Buckeye Block, just like Ohio State, Buckeye Block. Um, yeah, the article's there. I write for Hoops Critic every two weeks. Definitely check it out. I love the article. I gotta give you a little stuff about it. I'm a huge Draymond Green fan. I thought he should be a little higher. Okay, okay. Second round draft pick, though, so you gotta, you gotta love it right now. Yes. Also, he's an intern for the BTN, that's Big Ten Network, Student U. He's also a sports reporter for the Lantern TV for Ohio State. Again, follow him on Twitter. He's huge on it, folks. At the block spot, his last name B L O C K S P O T, the in front of it like Ohio State. You get it all done. Let's go. All right, folks. Well, welcome into the J and B podcast. I am Bobby Levine, your host as always, and we got a lot of stuff to dive into today. A lot of stuff. Can't wait to get started. All right, so we got college basketball right now, folks. If you haven't been paying attention, I will dive into the FBI investigation as we've been, I guess watching our TVs and laptops closely, what's going on. The FBI has come out with an investigation the past six-plus months of wiretaps now going on mm -hmm. from head coaches, head recruiters in NCAA, and teams will start falling like flies. Absolutely. Uh, the teams right now that we do know that are mentioned from Yahoo Sports that dropped it earlier this week, or last week, excuse me, is Duke, North Carolina, Kansas, Kentucky, Michigan State, Texas, and University of Southern California, USC. Now, those first four teams, Duke, UNC, Kentucky, and uh, Kansas, those are the blue bloods of college basketball. Those are the top teams you could think of. And if stuff keeps going the way it's going, there could be a change of guard, in my opinion, in college basketball. We saw last week on Friday night, 
Sean Miller, the coach of the Arizona Wildcats, come out and not come, not he didn't even say anything, but he left the team right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is supposedly a, a wiretap, him discussing with Christian Dawkins, a huge part in this whole story, about playing one of his players $100,000. Now, folks, any other sport, it wouldn't be a big idea, but we're in NCAA college athletes. These, play, these players and student athletes are not supposed to be paid a single dollar. Correct. Now, DeAndre Ayton, the star freshman for Arizona, was the, the athlete named in this investigation. His family's come out recently and said people need to take his name out of this. He's done nothing wrong. He hasn't taken any money. This kid's in the player of the year running right now in college basketball. He is a first-round lottery pick, possible drafty, projected draft pick coming up in June. Uh, Arizona's on a, on a season like they've never had before. Sean Miller's never gotten a team to the Final Four, and this is the year they could definitely make it to the Final Four. Um, but he's not the only player mentioned in this whole thing. Current players right now, Colin Sexton of Alabama, Wendell Carter of Duke, Kentucky's Kevin Knox, huge, huge kid, Miles Bridges of Michigan State, anyone in the Big Ten would know this kid. Um, let's see, we got Texas' Eric Davis Jr. and USC's Bonnie Boatwright. That's a great name, by the way. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, in my opinion, a whole bunch of stuff is circulating. Miles Bridges came out this week. He paid back the NCAA $40 from an improper benefit dinner he got, right. received. What is your whole opinion on this, Sam? What is so, going on? the whole scandal is pretty crazy right now, and it's really sad for college basketball and college sports as a whole. I know that people sometimes say this kind of stuff has been going on for a long time, and now it's just finally starting to really come out. I think some of the names listed in that, some of the teams listed in that, they're not separated in terms of what they did. Some are $40 dinners. Yes. Some are $100,000 paying recruits to come to the school. So clearly a different range of issues, a different range of how big or important a problem was. Yes. But either way, breaking rules. And we see what happened to Louisville. They just broke some rules. Yeah. We talked about the last podcast. Yeah, exactly. And really did not turn out well for them. Yeah. It's really, these types of things need to be addressed. Yes. And I think we're really going to start to see some dominoes fall. I would not be shocked if Sean Miller did not coach another game at Arizona. I know that he seems to believe he's going to come back and coach, but I don't know, $100,000 to DeAndre Ayton is a little questionable. The whole problem I have is this is right now we just have this list of stuff. We have no evidence what the FBI is giving us. They're just saying this is what we have. Now they have a wiretap. If you guys are a fan of HBO TV shows, The Wire is what they're pretty much doing. They pretty much got into his phone and listened to conversations while they're going on. And they had the phone of Sean Miller and him dropping the name of DeAndre Ayton for $100,000. So if you have his voice saying this stuff, that in my opinion, that's pretty concrete evidence. But we cannot, set, we cannot jump to conclusion because in this country you are not convicted until proven guilty. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can only just put it this way. And every player's play that has been in this... Right, and that, and and this speculation investigation sure. going on, the only the only big name person that has stepped out is Sean Miller. Mm-hmm. So that's the only question mark I have is if he's stepping out after all this stuff's going on, I feel like he knows he did something wrong. He's gonna get caught. In my opinion, he's gonna end up getting the, the Pete Rose of MLB, but in college basketball, he'll okay. be banned from the sport. Okay, I could definitely see that happening. And his brother is a really good coach for Indiana in the Big Ten, as you guys know, and. It's a tough situation, and I definitely think things are going to start to turn bad 
maybe after March Madness is over. I'm not sure if it's going to come out before March Madness, but I heard some interesting thoughts yesterday from some college basketball analysts. They were saying, is it possible that the March Madness tournament could start? You'll have a team in the Sweet 16, and the FBI is going to say, okay, that's it. You guys have to drop out of the tournament. This is the NCAA's worst nightmare. Yes, it's, for sure. Everyone's been knowing this is going on for years, and the FBI only investigates something when something is corrupt. Mm-hmm. And you know what? They have found a huge pond, and they're going to find some big fish in this pond, right. and stuff is going to come back and bite them. Right. And I, I don't know if the NCAA wants to step up beforehand and say, you know what? We're going to take these teams out of the out of the tournament before it gets ugly enough. Mm-hmm. But again, this is not going to be a one month investigation. This is going to go on for in probably the middle of summer before the, all the answers are final. You're right. And we see everything come out clear. You're right. But I do think like everyone wants answers. Like all these names, all these teams, we want to see something happen. Like the Michigan State scandal seems to be going on and on and on. Tom Izzo's not talking. He just wants to talk basketball. It's a serious issue. I think Tom Izzo should be talking a little bit. I feel like he's a little guilty. In my opinion, I think something's going to happen. I would not be surprised to see Tom Izzo out next year. So the thing, like, the crazy thing about this whole scandal is right when it came out, you saw Michigan State on the list. And that one popped out the most to me. First mm-hmm. off, it's the only Big Ten school named in this besides Maryland. But Maryland has been relevant since Diamond Stone left. Okay. Now, Michigan State's been relevant my entire life. They're the last team in the Big Ten to win a national championship. It's been 16-plus years, 18 mm-hmm. now, I think it is. But the thing that blows my mind is they have this going on with the FBI. They've got the other going on with the sexual harassment, the the players abusing women in the mm-hmm. worst way possible. Mm-hmm. And it's just really a perfect storm going on that campus. But somehow, Tom Izzo is keeping his players in line enough to win basketball games and are the only outright champion of the Big Ten this year. Yeah, it's interesting. Um... I mean, Tom Izzo's definitely doing a good job on the basketball court, but that's nothing new. Don't want to make any speculations, but something tells me he's guilty in terms of the -the off-the-court issues because when they ask him questions, he seems to just completely deflect. Well, I think he's waiting for the FBI to... Because, again, until everything comes out clear, he Mm -hmm. might say something and the FBI might not have the tape at that time, and you don't want to drop something before the FBI comes out. And I guarantee he's with with the Michigan State, so they have the top lawyers out there, Mm -hmm. and they'll be going against... The government. Yeah, it, it should be really interesting moving forward for sure. So the final question I have is, okay, so then I'm going to talk about the former players that did get caught. Markel Fultz, he mm-hmm. was the number one draft pick, and this past year he's with the uh, Sixers. Sixers, Philadelphia 76ers. Dennis Smith Jr. from NC State, high-flying dunker. Diamond Soda, Maryland. Bam Adebayo. Bam Adebayo. Adebayo, yeah. excuse me. Huge player for Kentucky. And then Isaiah, Isaiah Whitehead from Seton Hall. Now, these players are gone. Mm-hmm. Now, you're looking at these players that are currently, like I just named off, I guarantee after the season's over, they're declaring for the draft immediately. Oh, yeah. I mean, those guys were going to declare for the draft anyway. Miles Bridges, Colin Sexton, Kevin Knox. These guys are all freshmen, sophomores that are going to be going to the draft, trying to make that money. Yeah, well, they're getting um, money both ways right now. Yeah, it looks like that. It's interesting debate whether or not players should get paid. So that is my next question okay. to you. Should college players in the future get paid? I'm not sure. Well, first of all, I think they will in the future get paid. But there's a couple things. One, does a walk-on player that sits on the bench get the same amount of money than the best player in the country? Interesting. Okay. Also, if college football and college basketball athletes get paid, do um, you know 
A field hockey do, player. Does a field hockey player get paid? Player, yes. Does a baseball player? Baseball's a little higher, but you know some of the smaller sports. Does a does a synchronized swimmer get paid? It's interesting. So the sports that make money for the schools are usually men's football, men's basketball yes. for the most part. They oftentimes pay for the other sports to exist. Yep. So will those players get paid? How will they decide how much? How will they decide the difference? It's very interesting. Also, something I just want to caution whoever is listening. People always talk about how players should get paid. Okay? A lot of them are getting free rides to the school. And Doug Gottlieb, great college basketball analyst the other day, was talking about it. They, a lot of, they get free rides. They get spe- special treatment in terms of academics a lot of the time. Special treatment in terms of housing. They got a lot of really good benefits for doing all the work that they do, and they deserve those benefits. But it's not like they don't get paid at all. They're not necessarily getting a dollar in their hand, but their parents may not have to pay for them to go to school. It's not like they're not getting any benefits at all. So I will say, yes, college athletes work very hard. Yes, they make a ton of money, but it's not as if they're not getting any type of benefits whatsoever. So... There's two things I want to talk about with this whole, should the players get paid? I got to go back to my freshman year at Ohio University. When I first originally went to uh, school for college, I was going for sports management at Ohio University, which is the number one program they have. I had a teacher named Dr. Fall, mm-hmm. and he listed out what he thought college athletes should be paid and whatnot. Okay. He said, you cannot do it in the format the NCAA has right now because there's too many teams and Ohio University couldn't pay for an athlete that Ohio State has. Right, 100%. They don't make enough money. So what he would say was take out the entire top division. So every Power 5 conference in college football, this was just for college football. Okay. For every Power 5 conference in college football became Division 1. Everyone else in the the lower six become Division 2 and everyone okay. else drops. Now, Power Power Five conferences, the new Division One, those athletes could get paid mm-hmm. and go anywhere they want and get paid to play football. Okay, he said there's no way you could pay any other sport besides basketball and football because those are the money making sports. Mm-hmm. Basketball barely makes money if you're gonna make money. Okay. It's hard to make money in college sports if it is basketball. The top programs sure make money. Other than that, no way. Mm-hmm. You're telling me a Rutgers makes money off basketball? Look at the stadium. Always empty. There's no way they can pack the crowd unless they get top-notch athletes. Mm-hmm. And if they're winning, and the back-to-back years now, the Big Ten tournament, they've been the 14 seed for a reason because they can't recruit and they can't win. Right. They might not be able to, be able to play players, but that's the reason. Mm-hmm. Now, with that, you could have a certain limit, is what he was saying. But it, then at that point, it gets so tricky. What players gets what? What's not? They finally fixed the ratio because at one point. College athletes could get a bagel from a coach, but they couldn't get cream cheese. Okay. It was dumb. Trust me. At Ohio University, the athletes are with the people. It's not Ohio State where they're looked at as gods. Mm -hmm. You can talk to these kids about what's going on. And it was a whole scam. And right now, again, we've known this for years that college athletes have been getting paid. And now it's finally come to surface, wow, they're getting paid a lot more than what we think. Right. And you got to realize, going back to the 1980s, I think it was 81, there was an ESPN report, Jeremy Shaft, Shaft, excuse me, said the top coach in college basketball got paid $45,000. Hmm. Rick Pitino last year, $7 million. Yeah, that's crazy. a huge bump. Huge jump. All this money's coming in, mm-hmm. it's got to go somewhere. Right, right, it's for sure. It's got to go somewhere. Definitely interesting, but like you said, the, some of the lower programs in the Power Five, like, are, you mean to tell me that an Iowa State football can afford to pay as much as an Ohio State football? Not even close. No. 
Right. No. So it's interesting, and it's an interesting debate. I definitely think college athletes do an incredible job of what they do, yes. and I wouldn't necessarily be opposed to them getting paid. It would just be a lot harder system than people realize. It's not just an easy fix. And that's the problem right now with NCAA. They, they, they're kind of stuck there with the tail between their legs. They don't know what mm-hmm. to do. They don't know what move they can do. They right. don't know what, they, what punishment's going to be for what, because they didn't do anything punishment-wise with this whole North Carolina scandal with, with the classroom. Mm-hmm. That happened a couple of years ago when they had fake classes, and right. then they're coming out. They have real class. It's a whole. That's a whole tricky situation. Right and now, players are getting paid. Are mm-hmm. they going to punish everybody? Are they going to get? I mean, in my opinion, Michigan State's going to be sitting there with a the death penalty. Yeah, I want to just talk about one more thing on Go this. Before we in terms on. of athletes getting paid, the the thought about the one and done rule in the NBA being axed out is a very popular opinion because sure. that way, if a player is good enough to go from high school to the pros and doesn't want to go to college for just a year. It's not like they're going for four years and graduating anyway. If they don't want to go for a year, if they want to get paid, go right to the NBA. If they're good enough, then they could do that. So people think, why would the NCAA almost restrict an athlete from doing what he wants and getting paid in the NBA? I think it's good and important to go to school, but if an athlete does not think that necessarily, then I think he should be able to go to the NBA right away if he wants. We don't know the situation, though. With the, so that, I'm all for that. Make Let the kids go if they want to go out straight out of, uh, straight out of high school. Excuse mm-hmm. me. People always get on them like, oh, they shouldn't do this, they shouldn't do that. Well, we don't know where that background they come from. They might not have any money. This right. is their only way out. Mm-hmm. People are like, well, they get an education. These kids are only there for two months right. out of the year, and in college football especially, these kids, the kids that graduated in senior wise, aren't there anymore. Mm-hmm. This semester, they are not at all yeah. on Ohio State's campus. Right now, you're looking at this as a full for college basketball. Yeah, they'll go to March, and once they lose in March, it's over. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking at it as okay, that's fine. Let them go out of high school if they don't make it in college. If they don't make it in the pros. They gave it a shot. Right, right. And if they want to, they can go back to college, but they can't play. For sure. I think that rule will change sometime soon. So, all right. Now, is that anything else? Yeah, no. We can move forward now for sure. All right. Now, let's talk about the Big Ten Tournament. All right. Let's talk about something positive now. Perfect. All right. So, so college basketball right now is going on. The Big Ten Tournament started a week before everyone else's, in my opinion. And and finally, Delaney, the head of the Big Ten, realized how stupid it was. Mm Mm-hmm. So the Big Ten is held. Big Ten tournament is now held in Madison Square Garden, New York City. Mm-hmm. Uh, this will never happen again. Right. They're going on right now. We have two games going on today. We have the Illinois against Iowa, the 12 and 13 seed. Iowa won that game, 96-87. Yep, handily. They're gonna play Michigan tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And right now, Rutgers is playing Minnesota, the 14-11 seed. Ohio State was in that this game last year. Yeah, crazy. They were the 11 seed. Right now, Rutgers is winning this game 34-27. Wow, playing well. Yes. So this is the only two games going on right now. Uh, We have four games tomorrow, and then Ohio State and the four teams get a double bye into Fridays into the quarterfinals. Correct. Let's talk about this Ohio State possible matchup. The 7 versus uh, 10 seed is right now Penn State against Northwestern. That is going to be tomorrow at 6.30, projected tip-off time. Right. Penn State has... Nine wins in the Big Ten. They're nine and seven. Two of them against Ohio State. What is going on? Why can't we beat Penn State? And is this, this is like the worst matchup possible for Ohio State. It's a bad matchup for Ohio State. And whenever Penn State plays Ohio State, they seem to play out of their minds. Oh, yes. But I will say, 
I was looking at this matchup, and I'm thinking, okay, I'd rather play Indiana, Northwestern winner, but Indiana somehow got the six, Penn State drops to the seven line, so now we have to play Penn State or Northwestern. It's very, very hard to beat a team in college basketball three times, especially when you're not as good as that team. Yes. So Penn State's going to have to beat a team that's better than them, Ohio State, three times if they end up beating Northwestern and playing Ohio State in that round. Yes. That is that, – that bodes well for Ohio State because if they had to play Indiana, that would mean that they would have had to beat Indiana three straight yes. times, and that's not easy. I think they would have, but it's not easy. Now all they have to do is find a way to beat Penn State once out of three times, and if you can't do that, then you really don't have anything to complain about. I will say, though, Northwestern, not a lot to lose that game because they split with Penn State this year. They beat them at home. They lost them on the road. So Northwestern, don't count them out just yet. Think Penn State wins. But Northwestern should put up a fight. you got to look at Northwestern from last year, too. They really didn't lose anybody from last right. year. They had the first ever tournament run in history. Out of the Northwestern, who's been there for years, only, I guess, 40 years in the Big Ten, finally made the NCAA tournament for the first time in program history, and mm-hmm. they won a game. Yeah. They had a chance impressed. of beating the one. I don't even know who they played last Gonzaga. year. Gonzaga. Gonzaga, that's right. Yeah. They had the weakest one seed out of anybody, and Gonzaga made it to all the way to the championship. Mm-hmm. Lost in a great game in North yeah, Carolina, absolutely. But they had a chance at beating him. That 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 gift of that one kid crying a Northwestern mm-hmm. fan, bawling his eyes yeah. out. You felt for them. But Northwestern, right now, they're sitting at fifteen and sixteen and six and twelve in the Big Ten. Yes, their season's over unless they win the Big Ten tournament. Correct. They want to get back there. They want to prove that they're not a joke. But I mean, yeah. they got to start by beating Penn State. Yeah, that's a tough game. I don't see Northwestern winning this tournament whatsoever. I could see them winning the first game because they do have some veteran guys. They have a great coach in uh, Collins. He's a great coach. I like him a lot. But I don't see Northwestern doing much, even if they pull off the upset over Penn State. I think as an Ohio State fan, any of you listening out there, definitely want to see Northwestern. But like I said, don't be scared of Penn State. Because one, if Ohio State can't beat Penn State, then they don't deserve to be upset about anything. No, you're right. And I think Ohio State will beat Penn State. Another thing is if Ohio State beats Penn State, that pretty much negates one of their losses to them in terms of the March Madness seeding, and that can help. At that point, it's just seeding, and yes, I do. I mean, it would be a, a huge like piggyback to get into the tournament. Mm-hmm. Get, get that thing off your back. Okay, right. we beat Penn State. Get it off it. That's right. fine. We can beat anyone we can now. Mm-hmm. That's the only team holding it back. Yeah. Sure, you had early losses to Clemson after you up big. Yeah. You lost to North Carolina, the defending champ. Right. You lost to Gonzaga early on in the Nike Showcase. And that was a crazy game. Gonzaga was in the championship last year, and then yeah. you lose to Butler playing against their old coach. Yep, and you were up 15 at Butler and blew that lead. Yes. Mm-hmm. After that, the team goes on a complete, completely renovate, like completely renovate the whole thing. Yeah. They get on a run and, and start the season in the Big Ten off undefeated for the first nine to ten games. Right. Right. Before losing a buzzer beater against mm-hmm. Penn State. Exactly. If they can get past Penn State, the sky's the limit for these guys. I do expect oh, yeah. them playing deep into the weekend. Can they get to the championship? I think so. Yeah, I mean, I think that they beat Penn State or Northwestern, whoever comes out of that game, and then they would likely play Purdue. Yes. Unless an upset happens, but I think Purdue wins against Indiana, Rutgers, or Minnesota, whoever they play. I think it's a blowout, in fact. When Ohio State plays Purdue, if that happens, should be a great game. At Purdue, Ohio State clipped them, but Isaac Haas, big seven-footer from Purdue, had a big game, and... Carson Edwards had a huge game. 
So I think Ohio State really would have to play great basketball, and I think they could definitely win that game. And if I had to say right now, I think they do win that game. So I know you're saying it's a blowout against who anyone Purdue plays. Right. Indiana's a tough team in the Big Ten tournament. Indiana is tough. Purdue has been so notoriously bad in the Big Ten tournament mm-hmm. when it comes to getting farther into it. They've lost so many years right there. I mean, yeah. Sh- Michigan State's big, defending Big Ten champs mm-hmm. regular season, and they won last year postseason. Purdue's a big question mark for me. They, they even in the March Madness, though, they always dip out early on. They have they have one of the best senior classes that I've seen in a long time in college basketball. These kids have been playing with each other for four years now. Mm-hmm. They're very dangerous. Isaac Haas is the big question mark. If he can step up, stay out of foul trouble, and play the way he needs to play, right? Purdue is the X factor in the Big Ten, but I don't see them going far in the Big Ten tournament. Yeah, I definitely see them getting to that semi to that. To that semifinal matchup, okay. I I definitely I think it's going to be a little bit of an upset in one of the matchups. I think Michigan State's going to get there, one seed. I think Michigan upsets the four seed Nebraska and gets to the semifinal. Okay, Michigan's the five. Not a big upset, but in terms of seeding, it's an upset. I think Nebraska could get up, could definitely get there. They have a great player, James Palmer Jr. Mm-hmm. But I like Michigan there. Uh, I know a lot of Michigan haters in here probably, but Michigan's a good team, and they're going to be very dangerous Michigan's solid. I think Michigan last year was the hottest team. Oh, Oh, yeah. Excuse me. Wasn't Michigan won the Big Ten tournament last year? Maybe, but Michigan was hot, That's why They won the tournament. Oh, yes, they did. That's why they were the – I was wrong. Not Michigan State. Excuse me. Michigan was. And right now, they're the five seed. They're going to play Iowa tomorrow. Right. Iowa will be hot going into that because they yeah. had a game. That's how it always happens, folks. When you see, a, especially in these tournament runs, when you mm-hmm. get to the game before and the team hasn't played all week, right. watch out for that team. Iowa will give Michigan a good run in the first half and maybe into early on in the second half, and then their legs will give out. Yeah, I think Michigan I think Michigan's definitely too has solid. That. Michigan against Nebraska, that might be the best game in the whole tournament. Yeah, it should be a great game. I definitely think that's going to be a good game. I think Michigan State gets to the final. I think they're very, very talented as long as they can stay focused and composed like you were talking yep. about earlier. And I think they may have the edge over Ohio State. They have a, they have more talent for sure, and they want to revenge their loss against Ohio State. But Ohio State has the formula to beat them, so certainly, certainly, certainly can win the tournament. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The Big, absolutely. The big Ten, again, this year has been talked about being down. Chris Holtman came on, mm-hmm. Scott Van Pelt last night, if you saw that, but he's yeah. very excited for this. He knows he has to uh, hopefully slay the dragon with Penn State yeah, coming up on Friday sure. night. Um, I guess time will tell. Yep, time, time will tell. tell. Next week we'll have all the answers for you, right? Absolutely. So, anything else with college basketball before we flip Go with me. Go with me. All right, we're going to dive into the NHL, folks. This all week right. was a little crazy. Uh, early on, on Monday, mm-hmm. we had the trade deadline. Uh, a lot of teams moving pieces, a lot of teams trying to set up for next year. Yep. Not as crazy the NBA trade deadline this year with the Cleveland mm-hmm. Cavaliers selling out completely. Yeah. Who are your biggest winners and losers of Monday in the NHL? Okay, I'll give you three winners. Okay. I'll start off with the Vegas Golden Knights. Okay. Unbelievable season thus far. They're an expansion team. Expansion teams usually are terrible. They were projected to be the worst team in the NHL yep. by far. They're the best team in the NHL, and if not the best, top five. No joke. For the first 20 games, people are like, okay, a lot of momentum, but this is going to end. No, not ending. They're still great. They are going to make a deep playoff run, if not go to the Stanley Cup, and they got better at the trade deadline. They trade some draft picks away, which never happens from expansion teams. They usually want as many draft picks as possible. 
Vegas trades him away, gets Thomas Tatar from the Detroit Red Wings. Yep. Very good forward, very good pickup. And then, little secret move here. Most people wouldn't care about this. I like this move. Okay. They pick up Ryan Reeves from the Penguins. No-name player, but he's a big penalty minutes guy, big tough guy. He loves to fight. He loves to get penalty minutes. And in a playoff series, Vegas has a lot of scrappy offensive players that are good goal scorers. Yep. Not as many strong, defensive-minded guys. Yep. More scrappy guys. Ryan Reeves will lay the load in a postseason game, and people will have to take Vegas for real because he is a serious hitter. Well, I think you got to look at the standings right now at Vegas coming mm -hmm. out, out of the gate. If the Jackets had this rule in place back in the early 99-2000 when they mm -hmm. first became an expansion team, this is why a lot of expansion teams failed. The Atlanta Thrashers aren't there anymore in the NHL yep. because you get, at the time, they just got the leftover players. Exactly. It wasn't they got to pick these best players where the teams couldn't keep. Right. And this is what you get. You get these players that, in their mind, is, oh, my team didn't want to protect right. me. chips on the shoulder. Exactly. Big time. 100%. And they're coming together. You have Marc-Andre Fleury, who's been unbelievable. Great goalie. Won multiple cups with Pittsburgh. Yeah, and about that, he's a great postseason goalie too, which will pay huge dividends. And he took control of the Jackets two times mm -hmm. in the postseason, especially last year after the Murray got hurt in right. the in, in, in the warmups. Mm -hmm. Flory came in off the bench and did a marvelous job. For won sure. the series four one, and winning the cup again. Yeah. Whether you say it or not, he, in my opinion, was the MVP of that team. You get him on the Vegas Knights; they're the number one team out in the Pacific. Tied now with the National Predators. Mm -hmm. They're a team to watch. For sure. My biggest winner is the Tampa Bay Lightning. Okay. I definitely like what the Lightning did. Go ahead, then talk. Okay, yeah. I love what they did. They pick up Ryan McDonough, great defenseman, and still not that old, from the New York Rangers. Now, the New York Rangers were big-time sellers, which is surprising. Huge. They've been so... Well, it's not surprising because they were bad this year. They've been so good for so long. Surprising, but the Rangers are done right now trying to acquire some younger pieces. But Ryan McDonough to the Lightning. Lightning are already a force to be reckoned with. They pick up a great defenseman, and they pick up J.T. Miller from the Rangers. And J.T. Miller actually has a brother on Ohio State, which is an interesting fact. There you go. He plays hockey for Ohio State. But, yeah, I loved what the Lightning did. Why did you like what they did? Well, you got to look at them. They're 90 points right now. Right. They're 10 points away from becoming the first 100-point team in mm -hmm. the NHL, and they added players to improve them. Yep. You, when you see a team go from the the best the best team mm -hmm. to even better, that's in my opinion scary. For sure, that's definitely scary. scary. But my third winner okay. is the Boston Bruins, okay. who had a great trade deadline. They're right behind the Tampa Bay Lightning, but in terms of games played, they're much further behind, so they can easily rack up those points. They're pretty much tied with them in terms of on pace points. The Bruins are really good. They pick up Rick Nash from the Rangers, who's a veteran, yep. but he can score the puck. And yesterday he scored a goal and saved a goal, actually. Stuck out his stick. Great play in Boston. And Tommy Wingles they pick up from the Chicago Blackhawks. Not necessarily a big-name player. Yesterday he comes in, gets a goal and an assist in his first game. So I like what the Bruins did there right there. They have a lot of young talent and a lot of veteran leadership. They're going to be a tough team to beat in the playoffs. And what I want to say about that is I hate the playoff format, how it's, it's changed I mean, now. you guys are pretty much lost. So You're 20 stupid. points ahead of your next team, which is the Florida Panthers. Right. Pretty much anyone, everyone, excuse me, five teams in the Metro will make the playoffs mm -hmm. because the wild card is pretty much going through them. Your three top teams right now are Tampa Bay and Atlantic, Toronto Maple Leafs and Boston. They're going right. to be fighting for seeding. But, no, you're right. Trust yeah. me, anyone in Columbus will agree with you. The yep. playoff format Columbus. is the dumbest It thing. makes no sense. It used to be normal, one through eight. Now it's 
three out of one division, three out of the other division, and two wild cards from either division. Yep. But last year, like you're talking about, Pittsburgh Penguins were the second best team in all of hockey. They played the Columbus Blue, Blue Jackets, Jackets. Columbus, were, they, baby. They were the number one team pretty much the whole yeah, year they until were the, the last month. Right, exactly, and they were the number three team in all of hockey. And they play hockey, each other yes. in the first round. It's ridiculous. This year, it's going to happen in the Atlantic Division. Yep. Tampa Bay, Toronto, and Boston are like three of the top yep. six teams in yep. all of hockey. They're going to eliminate each other in the first two rounds. But I will say, I think whoever comes out of that gauntlet of those three teams will go to the Cup. Well, that happened last year. And Pittsburgh to be honest... came out of the gauntlet right, there exactly. in the Metro and won the whole thing. Exactly. I think... Yep, I think the winner of that three-team uh, segment later on in the year will win the whole cup. Well, that's a pretty bold statement there yeah. by Sam Locke here. Yeah, Who's exactly. your big? Well, take give me your number one biggest loser so we can go to the uh, NBA. Yeah, not necessarily a huge loser. I didn't think anyone had a terrible deadline, yeah. but one team that I was a little confused about was the St. Louis Blues. Okay. They made a couple deals to acquire players, and they made a couple deals to give away players. They gave away a good veteran forward, Paul Stastny, and they give him to the Winnipeg Jets, who also had a great deadline. The St. Louis Blues are more so like in the middle right now, and they didn't seem to know what they were doing. They seemed to give away some pieces and acquire some pieces. You need to know what you're doing. You need to sell or buy. And one more team I actually want to mention, I don't like what they did, the Edmonton Oilers. Okay. So they were going into the year as a cup favorite, maybe to win the whole thing. Man. Oh, yeah, Connor McDavid, great player. And they have been horrendous this year, but they're a young team. Yeah. I don't see why you would just give up already. Like, you're supposed to be great for the next decade, and they're selling pieces. They gave away Patrick Maroon, good player, to the New Jersey Devils. I think that's almost like they're giving up already. They've been terrible for years. They finally are great now, and now they're having a down year, and it's halfway through, and they're already selling. Don't like that. So this is what happened when the Jackets made the playoffs. It was my sophomore year in college. Mm -hmm. The year after they started the season, 0-7. Mm -hmm. It was supposed to be the best year possible for the Jackets coming back after mm -hmm. making the playoffs for the second time in franchise history. And I feel like Edmonton had the same thing. They, they yeah. rode the wave in the playoffs last year, and then all of a sudden it's like, what's going on with yeah. panic mode? The biggest loser I have are the Chicago Blackhawks. Okay. Go the ahead. The problem I have with them is they've been great. Mm -hmm. A franchise that you look at in the NHL like, okay, this team is going to be in the, in the postseason. Every year. Every single year, if not making deep runs. You're right. And they won multiple cups from late the late 2000s to the early, uh, I guess, teens, I guess. Mm -hmm. Patrick Kane's getting older now. And this year, they go on a little stretch. They're 3-7 and seven last 10 games. They lost 7 or 8 in a row at one point mm -hmm. a couple weeks ago. They're last place in the Central, and they didn't do anything. Yeah. Yeah, they just gave away pieces. And they're all, I think they're kind of giving up on their, yep. on their current this court. This is the first time in probably 10, 12 years they don't make the playoffs. Yeah, and similar to the Detroit Red Wings, they've... They've been to the playoffs like 25 straight they years, which is insane. Year. They missed last yep. year, and they're they're not getting any better either. So no. Detroit's probably very angry right now as a city. You need Yes, no. And well, I guess we can go right to the NBA right now. All but right, sounds good. Hockey still have a month plus left, folks. I don't want to dive. I didn't want to dive too deep into that because mm -hmm. we still have a lot left to go. And stories aren't really going to change from here on out. They have their players now. We'll see if they can win or lose, whatever team you're rooting for. But let's go to the NBA right now. Let's go to the NBA. We're way past the trade deadline there, folks. If you have any questions, please write them down yeah, here please on do. please online do. about the Eastern Conference. We will dive into the Western Conference next week. So we're going to mainly talk about 
the Boston Celtics and the Cleveland Cavaliers as it is a crash course. Yeah. We are getting a couple questions. We have, yeah. So yeah. a couple about... Uh, Mike Tackett? Mike Tackett's my old wrestling coach. Okay. Got to give a huge shout to Mike Tackett. He's a big supporter of the podcast. Let's talk about his question real quick. What All right. he saying? He asked, as a Packers fan, I closely watched my division. Let me know this scenario... Let me know... Uh, let me know through this scenario... The Vikings are not re-signing Teddy Bridgewater, Sam Bradford, Sam Bradford, or the Savior, excuse me, Case Keenum, with all their hopes, Kirk Cousins or Nick Foles. Mm-hmm. Say Foles stays in Philly and Cousins signs with someone like the Jets or Cardinals. Do they try to trade up in the draft and perhaps get a Lamar Jackson, or do they roll the dice with someone like A.J. McCarron or Geno Smith? Seems like real... Okay, yeah. Honestly, Mike, thanks for the question. Thanks for the analysis. I agree with you. I I'll think the Vikings... Really strange what they're doing. They look like a great, great, great team just inches away from going to the Super Bowl in their home city. And Case Keenum was phenomenal. I don't see how they don't re-sign him or at least have somewhat of a plan in place. Do not love Teddy Bridgewater, to be honest. A great guy, but does not seem like a great quarterback moving forward. That injury was tough. Don't love A.J. McCarron at all. Ooh, Hasn't proven anything. Oh, stop it. He was good at Alabama, but not great. I think if you're a team like the Vikings, you want a guy that is proven to that can win you games. I like Kirk Cousins. I think him going to Minnesota would be huge for the Vikings. And a couple other guys you said, trading up in the draft would definitely be interesting. Geno Smith is a mess. Definitely would not touch him. Trading up in the draft is interesting, but you're a team like the Vikings. I feel like you are in a win-now mode. Do you really want a rookie? So it's interesting. If I were Minnesota, I'd go Kirk Cousins or Case Keenum. So they were talking about that, too, on the radio, like with Jacksonville signing Blake Bortles for three more years. But the whole contract that he got was pretty much a cover-up of they can get him for one more year cheaper than what they had him this year. Yeah. And they can pay him throughout the years $10 million, $10 million, $10 million. Right. Now, if you're looking at it as Minnesota, Minnesota's got all the pieces, too, like you mm-hmm. said. All the pieces. Uh, they have three quarterbacks waiting at the helm. Bridgewater's done. There's no way they'll re-sign him. Uh, Sam Bradford, thank you for your time. You got us where you we needed to be. Mm-hmm. Thank you for your time. Now it's mm-hmm. between Case Keenum and Kirk Cousins. Okay. In my opinion, you stick with Case Keenum, what he did. He's been in the program now for a year. He doesn't need to learn the playbook. Mm-hmm. The players trust him. Right. He got you... Pretty much to the Super Bowl without the defense choking. Yeah. I mean, in my opinion, he won the first game against the Saints on a miracle play. Mm -hmm. That itself, I mean, to win a playoff game, you can't get rid of the the quarterback. Yeah. So I say stay with him. Kirk Cousins is a good guy, but you're going to be spending a lot of money on him. You're right. Compared to Case Keenum. You might save 30 to $40 million with Mm -hmm. Case Keenum compared to Kirk Cousins. Yeah. Going back to what you said, though, whoever AJ McCarron goes to, they're going to become a winner Immediately. You think so? I don't. I, I don't think he's proven anything. I wrote beforehand when we went to the playoffs in 2016. It was 2015, 2016. Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Okay. Being a diehard Bengals fan, I okay. am. AJ McCarron was a savior. He won the game against the Pittsburgh Steelers that year. Mm-hmm. And whatever you say, Montez Burfitt had the interception. The game was over. We could have needed the ball three times to kick the field goal and gone up by five or six. That would have made the Pittsburgh Steelers have to drive the mm-hmm. field in that time to win the football game scoring touchdown. Right. And not a field goal. Jeremy Hill fumbles the ball, and Jeremy Hill will never play for the Bengals again after this year. Mm -hmm. It's over. McCarron is a game manager. Mm -hmm. He will go out there, do what you need to do, make your defense step up. I would not be surprised if if the Denver Broncos pick him up. He does enough good to win a football game more than to lose a football game. Okay. I was so impressed with the throws he had when he was a starting quarterback for the Bengals. 
when it was against the Denver Broncos in Denver, forced an, a play, an overtime game, excuse me. He threw a touchdown pass in the pouring down rain against Pittsburgh in the first round of the wild card mm-hmm. playoffs to A.J. Green. The place was rocking. He is, again, a, could be a franchise quarterback moving forward. I know you, you're not a big fan of him. Yeah, I just want to see more out of him before he's a, he's a winner. Though he is a winner when it comes yeah. to college football, the he has guy won. won multiple championships. You yeah. cannot take that away from him moving forward. Yeah, you got to give him a chance. He's done enough, mm-hmm. in my opinion, for Cincinnati for anything. Cleveland wanted him; they're going to probably get him, maybe, and we'll see what he does. I guarantee he wins a game for the Cleveland next year. It'll be That's saying more than any quarterback did last year. Very for true. It'll be interesting, and I hope he does get a good job. So now, do you want to move to the NBA? Yeah, let's go to the NBA now. Perfect. Okay, so let's hit it. Let's talk about Boston and Cleveland. Okay. You said last week that Cleveland will hit a rough spell. Yep. In a patch, they probably hit it right now. What's going yeah? On? They have hit it, and yeah, they're two and two in their last four. Not terrible at all, but what they've done is not very impressive. They lose by the John Wall less Wizards. Seven points at home. Not okay. acceptable. Then they beat the Grizzlies. Whoop de doo. Grizzlies are terrible. Then they lose. With, to the Spurs with no Kawhi Leonard by 16 points at home. Also not acceptable. And then they beat the Brooklyn Nets by 6 points, which is clearly not impressive. And they gave up 123 points to the Brooklyn Nets, who should not be scoring that many hey, points on the point here. guard for them? D'Angelo Russell's mm-hmm. my guy, 100%. And they do have some offensive talent, but still, Cleveland should not be letting up that many points. They almost lost that game. LeBron, great, 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 great player. Unbelievable. 30,000 points, 8 thousand rebounds, eight thousand assists assists as well. First ever player in NBA history to do that. He's gonna give you what he needs to give you. Kevin Love's gonna come back and he's gonna help you a lot. But Cleveland, you're not touching Golden State if you're giving up 123 of the Nets. If you can't beat the Wizards without John Wall at home, if you can't beat Kawhi Leonard's less Spurs at home, you lose to them by 16. Do not like what Cleveland's doing. George Hill had to put up 20 plus, 30 plus points last night for them to win by six. Yeah. He's not going to be doing that. He's putting up like 10 points for them. I was telling all my Cleveland fans the same thing, mm-hmm. saying, you know what, you had a great win last night, but it's against the worst team in, other than the Atlanta Hawks yeah. in the NBA. They're terrible. Brooklyn is it's in your backyard right there. Yeah. They're not good. D'Angelo Russell has finally coming out game where people could watch and be like, okay, this is actually what basketball should be playing. Right. They're putting up points. I feel like tomorrow's game is the biggest eye-opener, question mark, because they're playing Philadelphia. Should be interesting. They had billboards posted this week. I know mm-hmm. you saw that. Yeah, I saw. A couple rich people in Philly were dropping these uh, billboards saying, LeBron, finish our process. Mm-hmm. That's their, the, the pro- trust right. the process. Yeah. Finish the process for them if he goes there. They've got all this young talent. That's going to be the swirling news around this game. Yeah, I definitely think if Cleveland wants any chance moving forward in the postseason, they should beat Philadelphia. Not very... Philadelphia is good, but I believe that game's at home for Cleveland. It is in Cleveland. Yeah, you cannot lose to the Sixers at home if you're serious about contending down the stretch. I think Cleveland's interesting, but guys like Rodney Hood, Jordan Clarkson, Larry Nance... They're, and George Hill, they're coming in, supposed to be the saviors of Cleveland basketball. They're very inconsistent right now, putting up four points, then 12, then six points, then eight. Yep. You can't have that. You need those guys putting up at least 10 points a game, in my opinion, especially without Kevin Love. Yep. And Tristan Thompson, going back into his shell, he's he's getting you 13 rebounds, but he's scoring like six points. You need him to have a little bit more of an impressive offensive game, in my opinion. Yeah, the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers have a couple more home games before they go 
out west, mm-hmm. and they have like a five or six game road trip. They go to Denver, to LA. Both they play the Clippers and the Lakers back to back. Then okay. they go to Phoenix and then Portland. Uh, that, Somewhat of an easy stretch, even though it's on the road. Yes, it, it'd be tougher if they had to go to again. I guess Golden State, go to San Antonio. I know yeah. it's not way out west, but it's right. in the Western right. Conference. Right. But like you said, easier stretch out there. Phoenix is garbage. The mm-hmm. Lakers are not doing anything to improve themselves right now, even though they're right. on a three-game win streak. Mm-hmm. And then the Clippers are the eight seed. Right. What I'll say is the thing that proved. The thing that comes out to me most right now is Cleveland looked like, oh, everyone thinks they're going to get the one seed. They're not touching the one seed. Boston and Toronto will fight for the one seed. Yeah. I think Boston will get it because moving forward, you want to talk a little bit about Boston? Yes. Great. They're on a four-game win streak now. With Marcus Smart in the lineup, they have been 4-0 since he came back from the All-Star break. Before the All-Star break, with their three-game losing streak without Marcus Smart, they gave up an average of 116 points per game. Since he's come back, they've given up an average of 103 points per game. Huge difference and not a coincidence. Marcus Smart, this is big time, Marcus Smart is as important to the Boston Celtics as Draymond Green is to the Golden State Warriors. I'm telling you right now. We had Draymond Green as a a fourth or fifth round pick in the 2012 draft. Yeah, yeah, I know. He's huge. In my opinion, Draymond Green is is the solidifying point in that team. If he does well, the team wins. Right. Kevin Love does well for the Cavs. The Cavs will win. Same Mm -hmm. thing with with Smart and Boston. Yeah, one thing I want to say about Smart, in the four-game win streak for the Celtics, Marcus Smart went on the floor. The Celtics are a plus 33. Wow. Yeah, no joke, okay? It's not easy to be plus that much. A lot of times, sometimes you're on the court, you're improving the team, sometimes the team isn't doing as well. With Marcus Smart on the floor, the Celtics' best defender, and I think the best defender in basketball, they're a plus 33. You think he's the best defender in basketball? Yeah, well, I think he's the best defensive guard in basketball. Best defensive guard, guy like Kawhi Leonard, guy like Anthony Davis, Rudy Gobert, a little bit different types of defenders, but in terms of the guard position, I think it is Marcus Smart. Okay, now I look at the, the the two-headed monster in the East right now. It's Toronto and Boston. They're fighting. They're half a game out of each other. Toronto's right. got the number one seed right now. Right. Right now they have 60 games in. They have 22 games left in the season. Um, right now Boston's got a little less than that. they played more games. Cleveland's out of that. There's, yeah. no, there's seven games back. Right now they're fighting for the three, four seed with Washington. Exactly. Exactly. And that will be huge in my opinion. If, if Cleveland somehow drops to the four seed, they're in. Big trouble for the postseason. Um, it's. I don't think Cleveland really cares where they are. I think. Well, that means they have to go through two tough teams. That that means they'll have to go through a Boston in Boston. Okay. And after say say they get the three seed, they'll go through Boston in the second round, mm-hmm. and then they got to go through Toronto in Toronto. Right. And that means Toronto has to play yeah. one less hard team. Mm-hmm. Cleveland's. Toronto doesn't have to play both Boston and Cleveland. The thing I'll sense. say, though, is I think Washington's pretty on par with those teams. Yes. Especially if they got John Wall back. Okay. So I think that top four is really pretty even. So you think it's going to be a straight chalk in in the postseason? Yeah, the I'd have to say. I think Milwaukee has a chance to creep up there. Okay. But they're struggling right now. I don't think Philly's for real in terms of postseason success. Not and I yet. definitely don't think Indiana's for real in terms of postseason success. So definitely think it's going to go chalk one through four there. Okay, that, okay, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah, I think it's going to be, I'll put it this way, I think it's going to be phenomenal 
phenomenal conference semifinals on both sides. I know okay. we're going to talk about the Western Conference next week, but in terms of the East, whether it's Washington at Toronto, Washington at Boston, Cleveland at Toronto, Cleveland at Boston, I think all those series had the potential to go seven games. So my one of my really, really close friends, Cole, comments, okay. he says, Cavs aren't worried about Toronto. They praise LeBron up there. Okay. I mean, you know, Drake's a fan of anybody who's winning. Right. And he's their ambassador, sits on the floor. So I, I, it's going to be interesting to see. I still think if Toronto is hot up there, mm-hmm. making baskets and holding and getting in LeBron's head, the series is up for grabs. Toronto has a chance. I'll lean Cleveland if they play Toronto, though. Last time they played, it was, what, 4-2 Cleveland? Yeah, probably. So I think it was two years ago. Maybe it was, even it was, worse for... Am Toronto, I, I'm not sure. I think it was. I think it was tied going into Game Six or mm-hmm. Game Five, and Cleveland won two in a row. Again, a lot of answers still to be, to be. I mean, questions still to be answered. Right. In, in for the sure. East, we still have a lot more basketball to be played. Mm-hmm. Anything else before we go to the baseball? No, no. In terms of the East, I don't have anything else. The only thing I would maybe say is right now it's Toronto, Boston, yeah. Cleveland, Washington, Indiana, Philly, Milwaukee, Miami. So then. After Miami, you have Detroit, which is three games back. And then you have Charlotte, which is five and a half games yep. back. Then the Knicks, which are way down. The, no way the, the Knicks, Knicks are done. Up. I think the Hornets are done. Do you agree? Oh, yeah. It's, okay. between, it's between... So do you think Detroit will make the playoffs, or do you think they will miss out? No. I, the problem I ha- The NBA is all about storylines. Mm-hmm. And, they, and they like Miami with Dwayne Wade mm-hmm. back home where he's played his entire career. Yeah. He's made two buzzer beater shots now. Yeah, made, that was buzzer, six shots the other night over games. Ben Simmons. Last night, yeah, he was so pumped up. Mm-hmm. You gotta be ha- like I said, out of anyone on that trade deadline, I'm happy the most for him. Yes, he's back to where I he should have stayed. Miami could be a wrecking wrecking force as that eight seed. I don't know, they might win a couple games, mm-hmm. win the series, probably not. No, Milwaukee though. Cole also just mentioned that. Yeah, watch Giannis, man. You have the great freak, one of the best players on the for court sure. at the time. He plays Boston. That could be a huge X factor. Yeah, for sure. I think Milwaukee's a dangerous team. I just don't think they're there yet with those top four. Yeah. But in terms of Detroit, I think they made a big mistake trading for Blake Griffin. They're not winning any more games. They're, they lost Tobias Harris. They lost Avery Bradley, two big-time players who were helping them win games. They're in the middle of the pack, and they traded away draft picks. When you're in the middle of the pack, you don't want to trade away draft picks. You want to accumulate draft picks yep. so that you can get to the top. Don't like what they did there. I think Blake's a great player. Don't think he's a good fit in Detroit. But So, yeah, that's my thoughts on the East. It'll stay those one through eight. The, Detroit in the future could be very dangerous with those two. This year, not so much. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing we saw with New Orleans last year yeah. when they traded for Boogie. Mm-hmm. They were right there on the 8-9 cusp and just didn't make the playoff push. Mm-hmm. So it could be an early exit, early yeah. early golf outings here for Blake Griffin up in Detroit. Mm-hmm. I think uh, so. Miami, Milwaukee, and Philly are fighting for that six, seven, eight spot. That could be as much interesting as you see with Cleveland, Washington for the three, four, yeah. and Toronto and, and Boston for the one, two. Yeah, I think Milwaukee will end up into the five, and I think they'll play Washington in that first round. It'll be a great matchup. If Go you, seven it, games. It would be great to see though if they could make them their way up to the five. Mm-hmm. Cleveland drops to the four. Mm-hmm. It could be pretty much the passing the guard with Giannis taking over as one of the best players, if not the best player. I still think NBA. LeBron's the best. Well, player. I'm not, no, no, no. I'm just saying yeah. it could be cool. Right. Back Back in the series, like, wow, Giannis came out of his shell for this mm-hmm. series. Yeah, no, great player, great player.
All right, so guys, next week we will be talking about the Western Conference. Yeah. We're not done yet. Okay, We're not yeah, done yet. No, sure. we, got, we got MLB right Perfect. now to, to end the show. Perfect. If you guys are still with us again, I am joined once again, back-to-back weeks, by Sam Block, sophomore at The Ohio State University. This mm-hmm. kid knows everything ins and outs about sports. Thank you, thank you. If you have any questions now with baseball. Yeah, any questions at all? Are we getting any right now? I can't see. No, Cole, Cole just said next year I think the, the Greek makes the pass. Okay. I think Kevin Durant is the next the next guy in line. I think I think he is right now winning these NBA championships. If he yeah. wins this year, there's no question in my opinion. Boy, back to back. I'd still lean LeBron best player right now, but KD's definitely second. I, I'd say the Greek freak right now is more... Third or fourth? With not even. I'd say the Greek freak is more... You want to go through our top NBA players real quick? I, right now, I'd go LeBron one. Okay. I'd go Kevin Durant two. I'd probably go. Believe it or not, the way he's playing right now, I'd go Anthony Davis three. I'd go James Harden four. Wow, over Westbrook. Um. Mm, okay. No. Uh, I'd probably. I like James Harden. Okay. I'd say. James, you know what? I'll, I'll give a little bit of a tie right now. Okay. Harden, Westbrook, and Steph Curry, four, five, six. No particular order. Okay. Okay. Then I'd go seven, eight is Kawhi Leonard, and then the Greek Freak. Okay. Okay. I think the Greek Freak's really good, but I think he's like eight right now. Okay. Then I'd go Kyrie Irving, nine. Okay. And then I'd go Demarcus Cousins, ten. That's my top ten right now. That's fine. I mean, I, I agree with your top ten in, the, in that order. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, I even if I could possibly, I might even have, like you said, a tie LeBron and KD. Okay. LeBron's put up these stats, but he gets all the talk because he's LeBron. Mm-hmm. If we if if Golden State was on the East Coast, they get a lot more TV time because people will be able to stay up for the games. Right. Right. At one o'clock in the morning. Right. Right. Unless you're in college or or don't have a job. You're not staying up that late. Yeah, these for sure. These people are getting up in the morning and seeing these highlights of Steph Curry and KD ball mm-hmm. out. Right. The same kind. I mean, and, and and Giannis up in Milwaukee is such a small market compared to the teams that are on the coast. Exactly. So I mean, if I don't know, it's a tie between those two. In my opinion. yeah. Appreciate the questions and the comments, Cole Murray. Yes. Like it a lot. You want to move to baseball? We can move to baseball. If you All guys right. have any questions on baseball, please go ahead and ask. Go ahead. Um. I want to talk about the top... We'll keep it short right now because we're getting to the end of this podcast. All right. The top two things you're looking forward to, the rest of spring training, and then going into the opening day. Okay, I think... Let's switch back. What's what's your first thing? For me, the number one thing that intrigues me is the New York Mets. The Um, Mets? Yes. Okay, okay. The New York Mets. A couple years ago, they go to the... First of all, they were bad for a really long time. A couple years ago, 2015, I believe, they go to the World Series. Okay. Ton of young pitchers. Matt Harvey, best pitcher in town, the king of New York. Then you got DeGrom, close second. Noah Syndergaard coming up in the minors. They're looking like the team of the future. Okay. Then all of a sudden, collapse. They're a mess. Injuries. Matt Harvey's terrible. Syndergaard's great, can't stay healthy. DeGrom's really the only guy that's there for good. Cespedes, great postseason, but then he collapsed. Actually, no. Great year, then he kind of collapses when it matters most, and then his injuries last year were terrible. But you got a guy like Michael Conforto, who's coming up, great outfielder, great hitter. The Mets are intriguing. Moving forward, they have a new manager in town. Terry Collins, great guy, who's getting up there in age. They have Mickey Calloway, who was the pitching coach from the Cleveland Indians. Great young mind. They bring in a new staff for the most part. They bring in a lot of new pieces. They have Adrian Gonzalez. They have Todd Frazier, Jay Bruce. 
A lot of good Where veterans. Where do these guys go from? Cincinnati. Cincinnati. A lot of good veterans that are not at the top of their games anymore, but will help a good young roster, which the Mets have. They have Dominic Smith, good young first baseman. They have Ahmed Rosario, great young shortstop. shortstop young yes, stud. yes, you know him. I think he's going to have a big year. Point is, I think the Mets bounce back in a big way this year. I think Noah Syndergaard wins the Cy Young in the NL. I think Mickey Calloway wins co-manager of the year wow. in the NL. And I think, believe it or not, I think Matt Harvey Comes back. has a good chance to have a very big-time bounce-back year. Not necessarily the way he was when he was an ace, but like a good 2-3 type guy. I think the Mets are very intriguing if they can stay healthy, and that is a huge if. Okay, now to talk about baseball, my roommate's over here sitting playing video games behind us. Mm-hmm. But fantasy baseball runs my summers. Okay. And he kept Love fantasy. I told him about Dominic Smith last year. He ended up keeping Dominic Smith. Okay. He's got Noah Syndergaard on his team right now. He's looking like a, a, a great pitching. His pitching staff's great. Now, okay. offense-wise, I'm not quite sure. New York Mets are a huge question mark in my yes, opinion. Yes, definitely question mark. They ride with the waves. If they're hot, they're hot as hell. Mm-hmm. If they're not, a lot of pitchers somehow get hurt yep. later times. Mm-hmm. We'll see what happens. Now, you you think they're going to win the division? Not necessarily win the division. I think they make the playoffs, though. Um, I don't know if they make the playoffs. I think they have a good year. I think Washington is still the favorite in that division in the NL East. And I think there's a lot of good teams in the NL West. Okay. But in terms of the, in possibly. terms of that, you definitely can get a wild card. But in terms of that division, it's very weak. Phillies are not oh, a great the, team. The, the division's always been weak. Yeah. Though. Ever it, since the '90s, left with Atlanta, the division's exactly. fallen off. Atlanta Braves not good. Miami Marlins are terrible. So I do think it's going to be a two-team race between Washington and the Mets. Okay. So I think the Mets could possibly get the second wild card spot. Okay. Washington is a lock. Now yeah. my main question, my She's the main team I'm gonna look at at the New York Yankees. I'm staying in the same the same area, same city, same city, and everything. Yes. Now their roster is filthy. You mm-hmm. just added the MVP of the NL with John Carlos Stanton mm-hmm. to what could possibly be one of the best home run hitting ballparks and teams in the, in the league. Right. You got Aaron Judge, John Carlos Stanton, Gary Sanchez, Greg Bird. Those. Four in the middle of a lineup are killer, especially when the ball's popping off in June, July, and August when yeah, the summer's hot. For sure. It's unbelievable. They got young studs coming up. Now, Aaron Hicks could be playing outfield every other day, DHing. Didi Gregorius playing shortstop. Gleber Torres, mm-hmm. my number one draft. Not He's not number one overall. He, I drafted him way late as my number one shortstop. Okay. This kid is a stud. Yeah, he is a could good player. Could be the next Derek Jeter. Swings the bat like Jeter does. But all this said in stone, the pitching staff is pretty much the same as what they had. They added Sonny Gray at the trade deadline last year. The biggest question mark I have going into next year after this year is if they make a postseason run and get, in my opinion, what could be to the ALDS, if not the World Series, Mm -hmm. could possibly a free agent of Bryce Harper join that team and become the next Kevin Durant of baseball. And add this lineup as Stanton, Judge, and Harper out in the outfield, mm-hmm. or have one of those as DH, you put Hicks out there in center field, and you have Gary Sanchez, one of the best hitting catchers. I mean, this could be what lo- you looked at as Murder's Row in the 20s. Yeah. For the New York Yankees. For sure. I mean, I think the Yankees are a force. I think they're definitely going to make the postseason. I think them and the Red Sox, we talked about, are going to battle oh, in that division. Goodness, that's going to be murders. For sure. Back and forth but I think, in terms of Rice Harper, they definitely have a chance, but them signing Stanton. 
they they're money's loaded not, with money. Money's not an issue. No, money's not an baseball. issue, but it'll be interesting to see. Clearly, that would be ridiculous if they win the World Series and then get Bryce Harper on top of that. But it, it will be interesting. I think the Yankees are going to be an incredible team this year. My guy to watch on the Yankees is Luis Severino. Great, great, great young pitcher. Last year, he was a beast. I want to see if he can bounce back and match their production, even get better, or if he slumps back a little to what he was before last season. I think he improves, and I think he's going to be an ace one day. But that's interesting to see. And then one other guy, CeCe Sabathia, he had a decent oh, year he last did. year. He, did. he, he w- had a decent year last year. I he thought he was done. He won playoff games when, he needed, when the Yankees put everything on his back. Yeah. And for him to step up like that, an old, in, an old Indian here in Cleveland, mm-hmm. in the Ohio area, for so many years he did so well for them. And for left. sure. And then he went to Milwaukee and they they just rode his back into the playoffs that one year. I think mm-hmm. it was 08 when Ryan Braun was four. Yeah, absolutely. you got to be happy where he is now. He loves being in New York. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, again, both New York teams can make the playoffs. What's your, what's your number two before we end the podcast? Yeah, number two, and then I want to answer Colin Murray's question. Cole Murray. Cole Murray. Um, number two is Shohei Otani. Pitcher and DH, we'll see what he does in the field in terms of whatever he wants to do. For the Angels... Yeah. Phenom, everyone thinks he's going to be phenomenal, and I happen to agree. In his first spring training game, he goes 3-for-3 in terms of getting on base. Two two walks and a hit. Very impressive. I think a big reason why he has such a good eye is because he's a pitcher. A lot of times pitchers are bad hitters, but he's a hitter. So So when he's at the plate... All these pitchers coming up seem to be really good hitters. Some of them can hit. I'm really impressed with Shohei Otani. I think he has a pitcher's eye at the plate. He recognizes pitches in the same way a pitcher would. I think he's going to be a really, really, really good player. And I can't wait to see what he does for the Angels with Mike Trout. You know, maybe they make some sort of a wild card run. I don't necessarily think the Angels Angels will. I don't love the talent they have in terms of overall talent. I do like Otani, though. I think he, I honestly think he could bat close to 300 this year. It's going to be interesting. He has the Japanese approach to play, running Mm -hmm. kind of style. His hit yesterday was a hard ground ball up the middle. Right. Pitching wise, I mean, he—I don't know if you saw, but he had the hand guard on him. Mm-hmm. He's—he uh, was batting in the left-handed batter's box, so he had a guard over his right hand because he does throw righty. Mm-hmm. It's going to be interesting when time does come crunch how much time he will get at the plate or yeah. in the field because be interesting. how much he means as the pitching moves forward. How, right. how good he will be. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about the Reds. I'm a diehard Reds fan. And okay. Cole asked a question when when does Hunter Green come up? Uh, the number one over or number two overall pick in this past MLB draft. Mm-hmm. The Reds are loaded right now with talent in the minors. Mm-hmm. Prospect wise, coming up, MLB just dropped out. They had the number eight prospect team wise. Uh, Nick Senzel, third baseman, could be one of the best hitting prospects. He was the number two overall draft pick in the 2016 draft. Mm-hmm. He's coming up. You got guys in the pitching staff. Amir Garrett needs to step up this year, and they have a whole list of things. If you go to their their page on on Twitter, they had they broke it down perfectly today, uh, describing how good the Reds can be. This year's the big question mark. What's going to go on? Can Votto stay healthy? Can he hit the way he did last year? Votto, in my opinion, is the most underrated player in baseball. Oh, very underrated. He's Love Joey Votto. Maybe the greatest hitter of our generation. Hmm. The way he hits the ball, the way he gets on, he gets on more than anyone else does and doesn't get talked about. The Reds win 10 more games last year and still don't make the playoffs. He wins the MVP over Stanton. You think so? Absolutely. Okay. Stanton wins it because everyone wants to see the long ball. Mm-hmm. Jake's dig the long ball, and you know what? They, they dug him last year. Votto does his thing again. Can Billy Hamilton get on base? Right. Can't, yeah. 
He needs to get those steals. He needs well, to get on base. I love Billy Hamilton. Friend of mine on Snapchat. Really? Absolutely. It's a long story. Anyways, okay. when he gets on base, he's the most dangerous guy on the base pass. Not even Every close. pitcher yeah. looks over and is scared. Yeah. They need to hold him on, worry about the, the hitter. And if you get Joey Votto batting in the three spot and him up, okay, you've got to take care of this two hitter because Joey Votto's behind him. Mm-hmm. And that could be the lead of runs. And that's what I saw. When Joey, when, uh, excuse me, Billy Hamilton got on base last year, the Reds won ball games. And that's right. the problem with that. You have a lot of question marks going around. You have Adam Duvall in left field, who was pretty much a lockdown left fielder and was an all-star two years ago. Mm-hmm. Third base right now, Eugenio Suarez is huge. They just moved Zach Kozar out. He's now with the Angels that we just talked about. Right. Huge opening movement possible there for the Reds. Mm-hmm. Second base was Scooter Jeanette, played lights out. And then Tucker Barnhart in catcher, very underrated guy. He was just for an sure. article. He won the, the gold glove in catcher last yeah. year. I got to be honest with you. I think looking at the Reds' depth chart, I think they're going to put up runs. I'm very nervous about their pitching That's staff, though. Yes. I mean, you have a guy like Joey Votto, clearly MVP caliber player. You have Scooter Jeanette. Had a great year last year. We'll see how he does this year. But solid. Definitely a solid guy. You have Jose Peraza. Uh, most likely short I had stop. Jose last year my fantasy team. The problem with Jose is he makes errors in the field, yeah. but he doesn't get on base enough to back up those errors. If you get right. on base as much as Joey Votto does, I mean, obviously no one does, but if you get on base as half as much as Joey Votto mm-hmm. does, it's fine to make those errors in the field. Yeah. But he cannot get on. His hitting went down 50 points last year. Mm-hmm. You're It'll right, though. The hitting-wise for the Reds will be there. They've been there the last couple of years. Yeah. Pitching. If the pitching can back them up, they will be in the running for a couple months. For sure. Duval had a great season last year, but uh, one other question mark, Scott Shebler. He had a really good season last year, out of nowhere, pretty much. Big-time pop. We'll see if he can repeat that this year. And like you said, Tucker Barnhart, I love. I love him as a catcher. I think it was a good move putting him in Devin Mazzarocco. I think he's a better catcher than him. I think he's a better hitter than Mazzarocco. Mazzarocco's been I like, first the problem. Yeah, yes. I know. But I like Tucker Barnhart. Their pitching staff's a big question mark. Huge. Big question mark. Anthony DiScofani, yep. question mark. Homer Bailey, I think he's done. You have Brandon Finnegan. You can't say that, though, because we're paying him $21 million. I know, but he's just year. not that good anymore. Luis anyway. Castillo, though, is the bright young stud for the Reds. And yeah. putting a lot on him. Discofani will be there. Finnegan needs to stay healthy. He needs to be better too. He's a good young player. Needs to stay. And then that better. fifth, that fifth star is a question mark. It's going to yeah. be Robert Stevenson, or it's going to be Sal Romano coming up. Right. Sal Romano had some good outings toward the end of the season mm-hmm. last year. If Homer Bailey could do his thing and just be five hundred, right? They're projecting him like six and eleven this year mm-hmm. with like a five ERA, yeah. which is worse than the half the season he played last year. But if he can do his thing, say go. A twelve and ten, mm-hmm. which he's pretty much done his entire career. Right, you get an ERA under four and a half. The Reds have a legit shot. The back of the bullpen is solid right now. They are good, and I love their closer, Rizal Iglesias. Russ, Great oh pitcher, and the other guy I kind of like. Not getting a lot of talk. I like Amir Garrett. The question with Amir, I like Amir is, Amir can Garrett. he stay healthy? I like him. And and get the balls in the zone where where, where the catch where, where Tucker wants the ball to be, and that's the problem we had last year. I think he has strikeout big time strikeout potential though. If you said if yes. like you're saying, if he can control his walks a little bit better, but I like him, and I think during the season he'll move up more so into the depth chart into a top five spot. The I more, do. The more podcasts Sam Block and I have together, the more he'll become a Reds fan because <laughs> I live and die with the Reds. The Reds make me happy and sad at the same time. I'm happy because they're back, whether they're. 20 games under, but you know you come home, watch the game, because they're always going to be there. Definitely true. Anything else before we wrap this up? I'm good. I'm good, man. All right. Well, again, Sam Block joining the J&B Podcast. Once again, we're going to do one next week, hopefully, if you're free. Yes. Oh, yeah, for sure. 
Looking yeah. forward to this. Good. Love it here. Want to give a huge shout out to your mother, huge follower, giving us a whole bunch of love there. We Andrea got her, Block. We got her a t-shirt as well. I want to yes. give a shout out to my mom as well. Uh, she's, what did what, what, what I say she had? She had uh, laryngitis, excuse me. Uh, she got it from going out west, so good for her. Uh, she can't talk right now. I want to give a huge shout out to Mark Schaefer, Coach Schaefer, on the uh, great show comment. Thank you so much, Coach. Love you to death. Uh, love to see you soon as well, and we will be back next week. I'm Bobby Levine. This is Sam Block. Follow him on Twitter, The Block Spot. Great stuff, and he also writes articles every two weeks for them. Check out our website, seatatthetea.com. Uh, we're re redoing everything, and hopefully in the next two weeks, uh, my buddy Rome Lacey will have us on iTunes. So Absolutely. Big news moving forward with, Can't wait. with the Seat of the Tea and the JMB podcast. So everyone, thank you for tuning in again. We'll see you next week. And everyone out there, have a great night. Be safe. Have a great night. Thank you, guys.